It's our comedy break Sunday morning. Our speaker this morning is Clarence Swatsky. And when I looked at the bulletin, I says, uh, who is this? And I said, well, it's our next-door neighbor's nephew. Oh, okay. Walked into church, and I met Matt, and he says, oh, that's Barry's right-hand man. Oh, uh, then I saw this stranger walking to church, and the lady said, hi, Clarence. So I said, you must be here. So I, I think it's fair for me to say our speaker needs no introduction. So <laughs> he seems to know people here, and so we're glad to have you, Clarence. Come and share with us what the Lord has given you. Morning, everyone. Uh, you'll have to bear with me this morning as uh, I fight some nervousness, I fight some fear. If the windows start rattling, it's not an earthquake tremor, it's just the reverberation of my knees knocking together. Um, I was sharing with my mom the other day that uh, I had uh, been asked to speak here this morning, and, and uh, she was actually a little bit surprised and uh, and, you know, so asked how this all came about. And I said, well, you know, it was, it was kind of a Jonah thing. I, I just couldn't say no. And then she says, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Our fear of uh, whales is greater than our fear of speaking. So, uh, you know, this was easier. <laughs> okay. Um, just wanted to share with you the, the, what I've chosen to speak on this morning. It just seems like there has been already a segue into it through the, the, the songs that we're saying, and, and it sounds like uh, Pastor's Danny, Pastor Danny's uh, message a couple weeks ago kind of fit right into who we are. And um, for me, this has been a, a, a long quest uh, as to who, who we are, who I am in particular, um, there came a point in my life where somehow hearing over and over again that the answer is Jesus. Yes, I knew that. I know that. I know Jesus is the answer, and I know what Scripture says about who we are, and that we are more than conquerors, and that we are called to co-labor, and so on. But at the same time, there's a big difference between wisdom and revelation. I had the wisdom, but I needed the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to me so that it would become truth and it would become part of who I am. So would you just bow with me uh, for a moment of prayer? Lord God, I thank you for this place. I thank you for the, this time, and I thank you for everyone here. Uh, I thank you that you, you have called them here, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that, and I pray that... Uh, I thank you, Lord, that when two or more are gathered, that you're, you're already here. So we thank you for your presence here, and we ask you to pour out uh, uh, your spirit of encouragement on those who already know this stuff, and I ask you to pour out your spirit of revelation on those who are maybe asking the same questions I have. In your precious name, amen. The, the scripture that I had chosen was Colossians, and... Uh, you already got a taste of that in, in the reading, so I'm not going to reread it all. But I do want to touch on a couple things, and then I'm going to take you off on a bit of a... I like hiking, so I'm going to say we're going to take you on a bit of a hike. Um, and I like hiking with my granddaughter. It's, it's a lot of fun because as we're hiking along, she sees these little game trails, and she goes, Oh, look, Grandpa, a rabbit trail. Let's go down this rabbit trail and see what's there. So we're going to take a few rabbit trails probably along the way too. So... 
Anyway, I'm going to just I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you. A lot of it is in, or most of it's in the NIV version, with uh, with a few of them in the New King James version. I just felt that they said it better. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give you a lot of scripture and lay down a bit of a foundation as to where I'm going. Uh, in Colossians 1:27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is what I want to focus on, and the hope of glory. Um, And then Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10, I believe it is. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity, or God, if I can switch that up, for in Christ, all the fullness of God lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So those things I just kind of want you to keep in your brain, that Christ is the fullness of God in bodily form, and in Christ you've been brought to fullness, and he is the head over every power and authority. So if we can remember that. Um, then I want to, okay, having laid that, I want to go back right all the way to Genesis. For me, nothing can, can uh, work without going right back to the starting point of Genesis. Everything starts and ends in Genesis for me. I love the story of creation. There's so much in that story. There's so much, the whole book, of, or the whole Bible is actually laid out in the first few chapters of uh, Genesis, as probably most of you know. Then God said, oh, I'm in Genesis 1, 26, 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The one thing I always fascinates me about this is... Yes, that we're created in his image. Excuse me. But for me, what's exciting here is that God said, "Let let us make mankind in our image. He talked about all he wanted out of man before he even created them. And uh, if you go to, I'm not going to ask you to go to all these places, but... uh, if you want to go to Ephesians 2.10, it says he predestined, he foreknew our purpose. We were not an unplanned pregnancy. We weren't an oops. Uh, and, and it's like, now what am I going to do with them? I've got them. No, he foreknew us. Uh, 2.10, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He knew us ahead of time. He created us with purpose, with intent. Uh, just like we plan something. We, we plan it with purpose. Um, <clears throat> I love the Lord's Prayer. Um, and in, in the Lord's Prayer, it says that Jesus taught his disciples, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We are his kingdom. This church is his kingdom. And his will be done through this church, through us, through you and I, we carry that kind of power and authority, and we are here uh, as his kingdom, 
And our destiny, our purpose, is to advance his kingdom. Um, How are we going to do this? How are we to do this? Uh, There's a lot of things going on here. And I want to take you uh, now to building on Genesis again. I want to go to Proverbs 8, 22 to 31. And this is, I love the book of Proverbs. And mind you, I've pretty much every book I read in the Bible I love. So uh, it's kind of, you know, which is my favorite flavor of ice cream? It depends on which day you ask me. Proverbs eight twenty two to 31, and this is out of the New King James Version. So if it doesn't quite line up with what you're finding, it's, it's just, I, I, I love this version. The Lord possessed me, this is wisdom talking, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primeval dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he remembered or when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was the sons of men. Imagine that. You know, I always kind of, well, heavens and the earth were the first thing that was created. Actually, wisdom was there long before, because again, it, there had to be a perfect plan. Uh, I just, you know, I, 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 again, I've read the book of Job many times, and I've pulled many little gems out of the book of Job. Here's another one. God understands the way to it. And he's talking about, Job's talking to his buddies here about wisdom again. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth, and he sees everything under the heavens. When he established the force of the wind, and measured out the waters, when he made the decree for the rain, and the path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. And he confirmed it, and he tested it. And he said to the human race, The fear of the Lord... That is wisdom, and to shun evil, that is understanding. Um, I, I love the connection between wisdom and craftsmanship. And, and you go through scripture, you can't separate the two. They're just there. They're just there. Um, I guess... The, in this, too, I, I pick up when, when wisdom was there. I, I, I visualize kind of that we, we worship a triune God, you know, God the Son and the Holy Spirit. I like to think that Holy Spirit is part of that, too. Or, I mean, sorry, sorry, wisdom is part of that, too. Um, and I guess as, a, as an artist, as a sculptor, when I'm sculpting something, I want you to be able to turn that sculpture around and go, Oh, there's something I didn't see. Oh, there's something I didn't see. I think it's the same thing when in, uh, uh, is it Isaiah, where, where uh, he's seeing God and, and the angels, the, the cherubs and the sh- are, are floating around going, holy, 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 holy. They are not there 
as part of a, okay, you guys, this is your plan, or this is your job for eternity, is to just to fly around the presence of God and go holy, holy, holy. No, what they're doing is flying around God, and every time they look at him from another perspective, perspective they see another characteristic of God. And so it's, it's like, it's revelation. Every time it's like holy, holy, holy. And then holy, 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 they're always seeing something new. So for me, this is, every time I dig into stuff like this, it's like a new revelation of who God is, another part of his characteristic. Um, so anyway, this is a big deal to me, so I get pretty excited about it. So, uh, you know, bear with my excitement, too. Now, I, I want to jump up to Exodus 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have cho- Maybe I'll just lay a bit of a groundwork there first. The children of Israel are in the desert at this point. And uh, God has asked Moses to build him a tabernacle, a place to dwell, a, a tent of meeting, and so on. And so he's having this conversation. See, and, and uh, I'm sure Moses is standing there going, okay, how am I going to do this? Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. I, far as I know, this is the first record in Scripture where, some, uh, where God has filled someone with his Spirit. If there's something sooner, I'm not aware of it, and I'd love to see it, but to my finding, this is the first. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work of gold, silver, and bronze, and to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Ohiliab, son of Ahizamak, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. I also have given him ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Uh, the tent of meeting, the Ark of the Covenant law with the atonement cover on it and all the other furnishings of the tent. The table and the articles, the pure gold lampstands and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all the utensils, the basin with its stand and also the woven garments, both sacred uh, garments for Aaron and the priest and the garments of the sons when they serve as priests, an anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place they are making them just they are to make them just as i command you i would like to encourage you sometime if you haven't already to read the book of exodus as to how god wanted this this tabernacle made it's it's pretty incredible um the, the detail is unbelievable. And God didn't say to Moses, you know, just surprise me, you know, with something here. It was very specific what he asked him to do. Uh, again, with detail. Uh, he did not say to him, you know, I know that you're, you're pretty limited in your tools out here. And, well, you know, just do your best. Do the best you can. Uh, he didn't tell him, I'm, we're under a pretty tight budget and pretty, pretty uh, tight time frame, so you know, don't spend too much money on it. Or He didn't go, let's just tender it out to the lowest bid. No, he told him exactly what he wanted. Um, God is a God of perfection. He is a God of excellence. And uh, again, wisdom and excellence had to be part of it. 
Uh, it, it's just God's nature. It, it's just who he is. is uh, he is not a God of mediocrity. And again, who did he use? Uh, this is a tent of meeting. The, tent, the tabernacle was built as a dwelling place for God to advance his kingdom. And who, again, who did he use? He used craftsmen. I love to do things with my hands. I'm a cabinet maker by trade. Uh, right now, I'm a farm worker by profession. And I'm also a sculptor. I love to do things, but when somebody calls me a craftsman, I have trouble with that, or I have had trouble with that. And, and maybe some of you are asking the same question, too. Uh, I'm not a craftsman. Yes, you are. I look around this room, and I see so much talent, so much skill, and so much ability. Uh, anybody that knows my world a little bit knows I have a fridge fairy. And my fridge fairy leaves food on my table and on my fridge, or in my fridge. And the one thing I know about this food is there's years and years of practice, of perfecting. Those pie crusts are so thin and so flaky. All of the other baking is just delicious because there's practice gone into it. It's perfecting an art. I look around, and there's tradesmen here. There's guys who are skilled with fixing things. There's guys that are skilled with growing things, skilled in the ways of business. I see women out there who can cook like you wouldn't believe, the, the quilts that come out of here. There is, this room is absolutely filled with craftsmanship. And craftsmanship is about details, Details are always important, and it is about perfection. Uh, I think I picked something up in the bulletin that there's some quilting going on here. I bet you there will be no, well, that'll do. That'll be good enough. No, they're pursuing perfection. They're pursuing excellence. Um, and, and that is part of our assignment. That's part of who we are. Uh, when I moved back here from California, I spent some time in California, I walked into a coffee shop, and I, I used this in a conversation the other day, so there might be a few of you who have already heard this one. When I, when I uh, moved back here from California, I walked into a coffee shop that I had been in in the past lots. Here was the same guys sitting at the same table, talking about the same problems they had been talking about three years ago. And I went, you guys got to be kidding me. You haven't resolved this yet. Um, to me, that's negative intercession. That's saying, okay, problem, you're allowed to live here. Make yourself comfortable because you're not going anywhere. We are not going to resolve you. Just make yourself at home here. There's also another group of guys that I really do enjoy sitting with, you know, on any given day. These guys are continually analyzing what's on the horizon. They're looking what's coming down in the latest farming practices, what's coming down as far as the laws go, and uh, they are discussing these. They are weighing the options. They are going, okay, if this comes down this way, it could affect this way, us this way. We can ride that momentum to, the best, to add the best value to our product. Or it could affect us this way, 
and it could go really negative, and let's come up with the solutions before it even happens so that when it does happen, we are prepared and we carry the solutions. That's wisdom. That's understanding. That's craftsman right there at its finest. Now, I want to bump... Again, I'm going to read again out of the New King James Version. Uh, and I'm going to go to Zechariah 1, 18 to 21. It's, a, it's not a long book. I think it's only four chapters long. But it's, and it's somewhere between Genesis and Matthew. Then I raised my head... Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these? So he answered me, These are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. What are these horns? These horns are horns of oppression, uh, demonic strongholds, if you want to call them. And they are there to cause heads to be cast down. So I'm just reading on now. Um, Then the Lord showed me, okay, and I said, what are these coming to do? So he said, these are the horns that scattered Judah, so that no one could lift up his head, but the craftsmen are coming to terrify them, to cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. that's, That's quite a picture. Here we've got demonic strongholds, horns of oppression that are casting down the heads of the children of Israel. And who's coming? Craftsmen. It's not the politicians. It's not the lawyers. It's not the accountants. It's craftsmen. It's people like you and I. Um, To me, that's just an amazing picture right there. When we see someone who is sad or discouraged, or they're just plain having a bad day, or they really have stuff going on in their life that is stealing their joy. These are, they, these are um, horns of oppression. This, this is oppression is what it is. Uh, anything that's going on that can steal somebody's joy is oppression. And even our words... Even a word of encouragement can tear down a stronghold. Even a word of encouragement can cheer someone up and set them free. Um, Remember, your words carry life or death. So just go ahead and choose life. Speak life into somebody's life. You're already terrorizing strongholds. You are a craftsman. Uh, Colossians 2, 9, and 10. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. If Christ is the fullness of God and Christ lives in you, you have access to his authority and you carry his authority. Scripture is full of wisdom when it comes to masters and slaves and authority under a master's name. I like to think that I probably have the best job going. I love my work, I love what I do, and I love where I work. And I have a freedom. I have a freedom to come to work when I want. I have a freedom to come go home when I want. And the rest of the, the, rest of the day, I just go about, if I can use the term, I go about my master's business. And, and the cool thing for me here is I know the heart of my master. So whatever I do, I want to do, do, whatever I do, 
I want it to be good and pleasing and to add value to his bottom line. Everything I do, and again, because I know the heart of my master, I listen to what he says. I listen to his voice. And when he's talking about, oh, yeah, I'd like to do this, and at some point, you know, this would be a good idea. At this point, you know, it would be nice if we had that done. I'm listening. And so that I go about my, my daily job, and I've heard what he said. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting things ready. And so that when it's time for that to happen, the stage is set, everything's in place, and we're ready to go. Um, and I think, I, I know that as believers, as, as followers of Christ, it is also our job to know the heart of our master and to align ourselves with his plans. Knowing the heart of the Father and knowing his desires is key here. And that can only be gained through time on your knees and listening to the voice of your master. This is all good and fun, but this is where it really gets exciting to me. And, and, and you got me I'd be asking, what's all this got to do with me? It's got everything to do with you and me. Uh, Zechariah may have been written and had his talk with the angel 500 years B.C., but it has everything to do with t- today. And I just want to give you a, an example or two. Um, some of you may be aware of Bill 18, commonly known as the anti-bullying bill. In appearance, this is a wonderful piece of legislation. I don't believe for a second that anyone should be bullied for any reason at all. I don't care what it is. No one should be uh, bullied or, or um, attacked for any reason. The problem I do find with the bill, though, it, that it, it is not all-inclusive. It doesn't include everyone. Uh, the bill states that you cannot bully someone because of their gender, their nationality, or disability. This di- bill does not include religion or religious beliefs. It does not include where you stand on the, the social economic scale or your ethnicity. This is a bill developed by safe schools with pressure from the gay-lesbian community, and ultimately, it will give the gay community full authority to invoke its beliefs on all schools, including independent schools of Manitoba, whether Christian, Catholic, Jewish, or otherwise. This group will have full rights to walk into our Christian schools and openly promote their lifestyle to your children and to your grandchildren. I would call this horns of oppression, flat out. I don't know what else you can call this. If, if you're talking Christian schools or religious schools, this is horns of oppression. And what we need today are Christ-filled people filled with wisdom who carry solutions and are courageous when confronting this bill and anything else like it and those who support it. And I always like to remember that we are more than conquerors. Uh, Ephesians 3, 10 to 12. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. You know, what what a statement of freedom right there. 
Um, we need to recognize that our enemies are not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, and that we are the craftsmen who carry the solutions. And not only for our problems, but for the problems of those who come, we come in contact with every day and in any other arena where enemies come to steal and destroy. If we, it doesn't matter if we're talking about global issues, politics. It doesn't matter if we're talking about the problems in your life or mine, your friends, your neighbors, or society as a whole. With constant regularity, we see the breakdown of marriages and the dissolving of families and family values, the attack on them. The waiting rooms and the clinics and the hospitals are full, and others struggle to pay bills. When Jesus had called the the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and cure all diseases. He sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And I think there, in there somewhere there was to make disciples of the nations. So this wasn't limited to just the 12 disciples. This is something they were supposed to pass on, and they did. And we carry that today. We carry that authority and that power that they were given. I just want to add that this stuff works. And I'm standing here as a living testament that it does. I have seen it over and over again through the prayers of friends, family, fellow believers, and my own. I have seen diseases healed. I have seen captives set free from, you name it, addictions, and the list goes on and on and on. And when we, and when we purposely carry Christ into a situation, knowing that we carry the solution... Anything can happen. And I guess what amazes me is if I can go into this town, the town of Killarney, and I can order parts, order fuel, get advice under the name of Barry Reimer, just to, without a checkbook, just to, it, it blows my mind. And I have a hard time getting my a grasp around the authority I carry under the name Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible? The authority we carry under that name. I love to pray for people, and yeah, I have seen the results. I have seen the results. And I, I want to encourage you today, as fellow believers, that you carry this authority too. And so, again, for those of you who know this and have lived this all your lives, I hope you're encouraged by this. And for those who haven't learned to walk in this yet, I want to encourage you, pursue wisdom. Pursue God's heart, his mind, and his desires. Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord God, I just thank you. I thank you for again for this day and these people. I ask that you pour your, your wisdom out on us as we go about our daily business. I pray that you would remind us regularly that we, we carry you. We carry you. And we carry solutions. Lord, empower each one of us here. 
Empower each one of us as we go out and uh, live our lives, Lord, that we, we can affect the world and, and through and with your name. Lord, I pray this in your precious name. Amen.